This is the Heavy Boots Podcast, a place to feel all your feelings. As a feeler, we often carry a lot with us, such as responsibilities, worry, sadness, love, regret, loss, life, and carrying it all can make it harder to move through the world. This is why it feels like you have heavy boots. And here's where we unpack some of it. Today's episode will unpack loss. This one's heavy. You might need some tissues. I know I will. But let's get into it. There's many types of loss. There's a loss at a game, like a football game or a baseball game. That sucks. There's a loss of money, like in the stock market or on a gambling bet. But when I think of loss, I think of three things. I think of the way things were, like nostalgia. I think of losing something that meant something to you, like a physical object that you lose. And sometimes that can be really sad. And I think, of course, of the loss of a person or a pet. That one's the big loss to me, big time. So the way things were... Uh, nostalgia or tradition, that one can be really hard. Um, We live on this earth for, if we're lucky, 100 years, which, you know, that's long. But you see things change. And so I always think of my grandma. She's nearing 90. And she was born in 1935. And she and I have talked a bunch about what she's seen. And it's, it's changed so much from when she was born And her childhood was so different than anything that any of us experienced. And it was like right after the Great Depression was when she was born. So to think about all the leaders that have come and gone, all the, you know, wars, (laughs) all of the different products that are no longer here that she grew up with, it it can make you long for things. Um, She doesn't seem to. She's well-adjusted and she's found things that she loves. And some things, you know, are still here, which is great. But I've thought about this a lot. And there's a lot of people that you'll encounter who get really sad that they don't have this or that. Um, You know, for instance, the place on the corner that they used to love to go, unfortunately, through COVID or, you know, or just bad, hard times is no longer there. They had to close their doors. And so they don't have that to go to anymore. And it's depressing. And for whatever reason, I don't know who instilled this or where (laughs) I get this, but I always think of how amazing it is that you have a place that you felt like that towards, that you were able to go to a place that you would long for later, you know, that you actually got to experience that and to sit in there and to love it and to enjoy it, the people and the smells or whatever gets fixated into your mind that makes it a big memory. What a gift to have that. And so to me, when something closes, of course, like there's a loss for sure. But I also just try and shift my brain to the fact that we even experienced it at all. Like... How cool. Because the only reason that you're missing it is because you had it. And you had it. So that's my philosophy on nostalgia. And and tradition, it's hard. Um, you know, someone passes away that, you know, um, held all the tradition in your family. Or people move away. Or, you know, people get divorced. Or just so many different little things. That can happen to change tradition, which to me, tradition is like, you know, what you do for Christmas or what you do for Thanksgiving or what have you. And to me, you just do whatever works for the year. You know, I think sometimes we get so stuck in, we have to do the same thing every year and that's beautiful. So please, if that's what you do, enjoy it and have fun with it. But It's also really fun to like try something different this year. Let's go do this or, you know, let's celebrate with these people this year or what have you. So to me, I think tradition is, is beautiful. And if, if it can be done where 
you get to do the same thing every year. Awesome. But if it comes with a loss, you know, where it could be that it's so ingrained that you get so sad when it's not there, I think it's wise to have little other things (laughs) to balance that out so there's not a big void. Because, you know, everything's changing um, in life always for everybody, (laughs) you know, um, from one year to the next. Unfortunately, we might not have people here or, you know, they move or all kinds of reasons. And so it's kind of cool to to stay fluid and uh, just enjoy everything, (laughs) you know, just enjoy anything different or the like. And really, um, if you start to feel like sad that, oh, we used to do this or, oh, remember that Christmas when we did this, just remember one thing is you only miss it because you had it. So try and relish in the had it part a little bit more and how much fun it was and, and just be like, wow, that was so cool. Because the truth is, you may get it again. You may never get it again, but you had it. It's pretty special. So that's my philosophy on nostalgia and tradition. And then we get to losing something that's, that meant something to you. So I've had many things throughout the years that I'm a sentimental fool. Let's just be honest. I have every letter, <laughs> every card that anyone's ever written me. And one of these days I want to unpack it all and take pictures and kind of just let it go. Still have it somewhere in the the Google Drive or what have you, but to hold on to all that, it's piling up. And it's, um, it's something that always tugs at my brain. So I want to be a minimalist if I'm, if I'm honest. And so at some point, but I'm going off on a tangent here, but I do, I keep everything. I keep every, everything, every card anyone ever sent me, every letter that I've ever gotten. I have letters from silly boys in high school (laughs) and my best friends. We used to write notes and, you know, fold them all cute. And I have them all, everything. I have keychains. I have everything. So Um, I'm sentimental. And so when I lose something that means something to me, it's, it's really hard. (laughs) Um, I was trying to think of, you know, something to give an example and I didn't have really good ones here because I think it hurts too much. So I block it out or something because (laughs) like I said, I'm a sentimental fool. So what I did come up with as an example is, one time we went to our storage and mice had gotten into our storage and they had eaten my Letterman jacket. And this Letterman jacket was something that I wanted so bad. I was on the basketball team and the colors were so pretty. Our team colors were uh, purple and gold. And, you know, we always watch the Lakers in our household. And so it was like, ooh, something Laker color. And it was just such a cool jacket. I was so proud to own this jacket. I think I had, I don't know if I did chores for it or what have you, but it was a big deal for my parents to get me this jacket or maybe I pitched in. I don't remember, but either way, it was a big deal. And I took such good care of it. I loved it. Um, I don't know what I would have done with it, you know, later in life. I don't know, but it was just so cool. And the rats or the mice or whatever chewed it. And so I remember I got really upset. And then, like I said, this calm came over me. And I was like, well, it's not all ruined. And so I cut up a bunch of the pieces of it, you know, like your letter for basketball, your varsity letter, um, your pins that were on there. I think my name. But I just cut up. It it was awful to cut it up. It felt really strange, but I did. I cut it up to where I have the pieces of it. So I know, and I can smell, (laughs) you know, like your sensory, um, memories. I can just have that and remember. So I was really bummed about that one because there was a lot of pride in that jacket. But, um, as a kiddo, 
I had this moose puppet that I think we bought in either like one of the snowy towns. So like Arrowhead or Mammoth. I can't think. I can't think of where we got it, but it was like a snowy town where my parents would go skiing and stuff. And it was a moose puppet. And I had lost it. And I think we went back to the hotel. I just remember we had to go back. I know my parents weren't happy about it, but we went back and we got it. And I have it still to this day. And it's the cutest thing ever. And it, I again, like the smell of it is my childhood, you know. It's just very um, important to me. It was it was the best. And I, I, to be honest, I don't know if it was mine or my brother's, but... I feel like it was mine, <laughs> but he's more of a minimalist than I ever could be. So I'm glad I have it. Um, but regardless, he can have it. If, if you hear this, Ryan, you can have it, but it's so cute. And we used to play with it in the car and, you know, it's like a puppet. You could put your hand in it and make a talk and everything. And so on the car rides to big trips like that, like up to the ski town, it would really entertain us. So I found it and I have it. And hopefully no freaking rat gets to it. (laughs) But so losing something that meant something to you like that, like a sentimental artifact, I get it. And I don't really have a lot to say on that. I've mourned stuff. And again, I can't think because there's stuff that you just, you lose. And there's these earrings that my brother gave me that I still, I still have. I haven't lost them, but there's like been three times when I've, come home and there's one missing from my ear and luckily it's either been in the car like stuck to my other piece of clothing or at my mom's house and so I've been able to have it again always but these earrings I don't wear anything anymore except these earrings that my brother gave me they're these butterflies that look like diamonds to me I think they're like crystal but they're, I mean, they're so gorgeous and they dangle. And so they can get caught with your hair and everything and fall out. But they are the most thoughtful thing. I mean, he's given everything he gives me is thoughtful. But this particular pair of earrings was when he was like just becoming a young man, you know, like just going out and buying stuff himself. And um, I don't know, I really felt the love behind it, you know, like, that first like, oh, Jenny would like these. I don't know. It was like a step between childhood, you know, and the little gifts of like tchotchkes or what have you, which I love and I have all of them. Um, But these were like something she could, you know, like stylish, wear, I don't know, just really thoughtful. And yeah, I thought that they were only a few years old. And then I realized, no, it was, he gave them to me when he was like 18 or 19 years old something like that. And so I've been wearing them every day for, I guess, like three years. So oh, maybe more than that. I don't know, but they're my prized possession. And if I ever lost one of them, I would be beside myself. So I always like I'm checking my earrings. So if you guys ever see me like, what are you doing? I'm always checking because I want to wear them. I don't. I think it's pointless to have things you don't use, honestly. Um, and they're my favorite. So, anyways, another tangent. But so if I lost those, so I get the sentimental value of things. Um, I know a lot of people don't. They're just like, throw this away. What is your problem? Why are you holding on to this and stuff like that? And that's fine. <laughs> like everyone, again, to each their own. Like, yeah, you don't have to keep stuff, but I have stuff, and. Uh, Yeah, someday I hope just to take pictures of everything and make like a really cool book, like on Shutterfly or something and like just have it to look through because I honestly have things that I never see either. And that's not cool because we live in a small space now. So we have stuff in storage. And so I think it's important to, you know, have stuff that you could see. And so what I hope to do is to take pictures of everything and maybe put a little description of what it is and put it in a book but that takes time. So we'll see what happens. (laughs) But yeah. And then like another thing that we often don't think about is even things that aren't things that you lose. So like 
during the pandemic, this was huge is um, people were losing the chance to have a graduation or the chance to, you know, go to the big concert they had planned, like, you know, they had tickets and then the concert was canceled or to get married (laughs) or, you know, big milestone birthdays. Um, I actually had that. My 40th birthday party was not going to happen because it was 2020. (laughs) So um, I still haven't had like my big birthday. I wanted to have a, um, it sounds funny to some people. I don't care. Why do I care? Um, (laughs) I wanted to have a Barbara Streisand 40th birthday. So you can come in any character that she was. And I wanted to do Hello, Dolly. And my mom and I had gotten plans or what do you call that? I'm so bad. I don't even know. For sewing a dress a pattern, we were going to make that gold sequined dress. We're going to make it, which I probably there's a reason for everything. <laughs> That's a lot of work, but we were going to try. And so I didn't get to have my 40th birthday party. And there's a sense of loss when you lose things that aren't things, too. Because I know people that didn't get to have their graduation, I just don't even know what you do there. Like, that is such a loss. Like, you work so hard for so many years, and then, nope, sorry, we can't do that. So, there's a, there's so many different ways to feel loss. Um And I think it's okay. So like in those instances, I did hear some kick, you know, pushback or whatever. So selfish that you want to have your graduation, you know, people are dying and all that. And it's like, it's not selfish. (laughs) There's things that people work hard towards. And so I think you have to allow people to feel the loss of whatever they lost. It's not us to up to decide what's a loss for people it's just it's just like feelings it's what you feel and um yeah so that's another way to lose stuff is just experiences that you were counting on and then we get into the dreaded one where I don't want to talk about but I just think it's so important to talk about and so I'm going to try and get through as much as I can Uh, without crying, as I'm already crackling in my voice. But to me, the big loss, of course, is the loss of people or pets. Um, Yeah, so we'll get into this here. (laughs) The first loss that I felt, or the first, what shall I say, I guess... I didn't understand death at all until the first funeral I attended, from what I can remember. So, you know, my parents might know better than I, but, you know, I was young, so I don't remember talking about it before this, but I also don't remember exactly what age I was. I, I I think my brother was born, so I think I was seven or eight. But I'm not sure if he was born. So I was between five and eight is when I remember going to my first funeral. And it was for Big Ed, who was my, I don't even know how you would describe it. It's my dad's best friend's, my dad's best friend's husband's dad. So it was like. But basically, my dad's best friend is his family. Um, It's a Cuban family that we grew up with and their family. And so Big Ed was like another grandpa to me, basically. Um, And he would always scoop me up. (laughs) I remember he would, he was, I think he was pretty tall. And he would always scoop me up when I came in and be like, Jenny. Or I think he'd call me Jenny or Jennifer. I think he called me Jenny and he'd put me up on his shoulders and he was just so kind. And I just remember feeling warmth and love whenever we went to their home and Jeanette, I mean, Janine, um, Janine and Ed, (laughs) they were the best. Um, yeah. And she 
passed away much later than him. Um, but he was the first funeral that I attended and the first questions I believe I asked about it all. And that kind of started a psychosis. Is that the right word? Where you just, I was just so scared of death. And so there were times when I had to lay on the ground next to my dad's bed and he would hold my hand because I was so scared that I was going to close my eyes and not wake up as a little kid. Um, and that all stemmed from that first funeral from what I remember. Again, I don't know if there's something else that I'm missing, but, um, yeah. And so ever since then I've had this really bad thing with death and it comes and goes like for, I don't know, for like 10 years, I hadn't worried about it. And then the pandemic came and then I was scared again about losing people I loved. And then the shooting happened across the street. And then I was scared about me dying. And now I still have some phobia every now and then of like, you know, oh, we could die right here, whatever. And anyways, um, yes, but so that was my first funeral. And, you know, since then I've lost all kinds of people and, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I eat the, my grandpa, Steve, grandma B, uh, grandma Jeanette, grandpa Gompers. And, you know, most of these people passed away older, but it's, there's never enough time, you know, like, yeah, there's never enough time. And, and then there's like the really tragic ones where, I mean, they're all tragic though. That's the thing is like, I, I have a hard time saying they're really tragic because to me, even if you have 110 years with someone, sometimes that's not enough. I know that sounds crazy, but I don't know. I just think everything is sad when it ends, like period. And uh, yeah, and so I try, I'm not as good <laughs> with my um, theory that we had them so we shouldn't be sad. That doesn't really work with, um, with people, unfortunately, because of course, like, of course, like think of the good memories and think of the times and all the, you know, the details of them and everything, but it is still icky. I don't know. It's a little different. I can't shape it different in my head. It just hurts. So yeah. <laughs> Yes, and, uh, you know, I miss Annie and uh, Gary and Pat, and those those were too young for me, um, and out of the blue, and again, there's never too young, <laughs> there's never too old, there, It's but there's just the ones that catch you off guard, you know, that you're just like, like yesterday, like, I don't know this person, but he, he kept me alive. I, I know that sounds crazy, but I get sad. But he was a, a force of light, you know, and um, his name was Leslie Jordan. And I know everybody <laughs> probably knows who he is from something. He's been around quite a bit, but during the pandemic that that man uh lit up my instagram with the light of a thousand lights like his sunshine and grace and southern accent and beauty and kindness was lacking and he gave it to all of us and so i just get sad when it's um you know he di he died tragically he was in a car accident um after some medical emergency, that's all they said. So I don't know if he had a heart attack or what have you, but none of that really matters because he's gone. So, you know, just got to thank him for all of the laughs and love and light. And, um, and that brings me to a topic where people, I don't know, at least for me, some people get mad or not mad, but are like, why do you care? 
you didn't know them, you know, like, cause I, I tend to cry over a lot of, you know, deaths, <laughs> you know, I get upset about everything, like all the stuff going on in the world. Like if I hear about it, I'm crying and it's like, well, you didn't know them or whatever. And it's like, just for me, again, to each their own, if that doesn't affect you, at least, like, even if you want to have, you know, safe face in public and you don't want to cry in public or show emotion, cool. But if that doesn't hit you at all, like, in the gut where you maybe think about it later or you think about it and keep it to yourself, that that's... Um, there's a lack of compassion or empathy. And again, there's nothing wrong with any, anybody who doesn't. It's just, um, I don't know. That just seems there's a void there. Like, or, or it's just a numbness. And that's what I want to try and stay out of is to be numb. Cause that, there's been times when I felt numb, like uh, there were so many things that came at me that I didn't cry. And I hate that feeling. I want to care and yeah, but that's just my priority. So like, if that's not anybody else's, I get it, but I just, uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to care about people, especially people that have brought something into your life. Like I remember when Lucille Ball passed away. My dad and I were driving. I remember the exact stretch of road. It was up between Awadulce and Acton. And I just remember crying. And uh, yeah, it was just like the radio announcer said, Lucille Ball passed away at age. I don't even remember. But there was a collect, like you could tell my dad was bummed and I was crying. And, you know, it's just like... um avoid, you know, because I know even the ones who get older, like Angela Lansbury just passed away and I adored. I watched all Murder, She Wrote when we were growing up and Paul and I have been watching them, you know, since we've been together. And I mean, she's just amazing. And so, you know, I, she's older. She was like in her nineties and she had a long life or what have you. And so it's like, what's the big deal? And it's like, because she touched my life, you know, (laughs) like there were times when it was like, what are you going to do tonight? We're going to spend time with her, you know? And it sounds weird because we don't know her, but I don't know. So I do a lot of um, crying for a lot of different people and, you know, and then there's also been times where maybe my emotion for people in my own life isn't as as strong or seen as strong or whatever. And it's like, no, you can bet your bottom dollar that, you know, maybe in this circumstance where you're seeing me, I'm not comfortable enough to cry. But man, like, because my grandma B is who I'm thinking of. And I don't remember. I just felt like somebody was upset with me because I didn't cry enough or something. I remember like that's, I don't even know who said it or what, but I just felt like, whoa. But unfortunately the circumstance was so high anxiety for me because of the time of my life. And then I don't know, my mom was there, my dad was there and they're divorced. And there was just a lot more to it than just being able to, to be sad. Um, I was just very uncomfortable for whatever reason. And sometimes it's not anything to do with anything. It could be the building or it could just be that everyone is so sad and I'm feeling all that emotion. And so, you know, but yeah, my grandma B man, what woman. And so you can bet I cried for days on that one. So it's just, um, we all grieve in our different ways and, and depending on what we're going through and how, we feel. And I just, um, yeah, I just think we should allow that for everybody is to just know that whatever hurts them hurts, you know, that (laughs) that's to each their own and to validate that and to also know that 
we don't see everything from people. So even the ones who seem cold and bitter that don't ever cry or don't ever show emotion or what have you, doesn't mean they don't. Yeah. The other thing that was really hard for me is... Oh, I'm going to get sad again. Um, When you believe one thing and you find out another. So like this beautiful angel in my life, like when I was becoming an adolescent, when I was kind of growing into womanhood or whatever you want to say, teenager, um, Jody Lynn was a preschool teacher with my mom. And she just saw something in me and took me under her wing. I don't know. She knew I was creative. And so we would, she would take me in her slug bug. (laughs) She had a cool bug, um, a VW bug. And she would take me to her mobile home and we would have girls night and spend the night. And we'd make crafts and she helped. Yeah, like I think we sewed something. We always would bake, but just talk and sing music. And her dad was Del Shannon, uh, who sang that Runaway song, I think. And um, she'd play that sometimes and talk about that. But that was a tragic story, too, for her. It was hard for her to talk about. But anyway, she was just a light, again, another light that just... I don't know. They're just, it was about respect and loving each other and having fun. And I don't know, but she, she made the most beautiful felt, um, like little activities for the kids, you know, that showed like little red riding hood and you'd put it up on the felt board in pieces, but she created all that and cut it all out. And then she was making children's books when I last saw her. Um, where she would cut the pieces of the paper to make like eyes and mouths and everything like intricate, like not drawing. It was like pieces of paper, you know, like I was just like wild about her. She was so creative, so talented and anyhow. So, you know, times I, I think she left, I don't know what happened, but times moved on and we didn't see her anymore. And I just believe she had a book career, you know, children's book career somewhere or was doing something with creativity and light and love and singing or what have you. And uh, I I don't know. And then we found out uh, my mom was always looking for her because we loved her, like I said. And so my mom found a friend of hers online and it turned out that she had passed away from from cancer of the eye and it was not not a fun demise for lack of better word um and there was something so hurtful within that you know because you think someone's out there enjoying their life (laughs) and then it was like nope i'm sorry um she's gone she's been gone. You know, that was the thing. It's like, whoa, she's been gone for a while. And so, um, but she's still here inside of me, you know? So there's that. Um, so yeah. And then, then, uh, we go into the animals and oh my gosh, animals are the most kind, unconditional, (laughs) beautiful beings. And, yeah, we lived in the country a lot when I was a kid, and so we'd lose cats, or there'd be accidents and things that happened. Um, But, man, I have a list of pets, like, I can't even think. Uh, Pepper, Sadie, Hurley. Shadow, Porsche, Domino, Oreo, Marmalade. Marmalade was one of the hardest ones when I was little. Is 
he went in just for a routine operation and he didn't come out. And that was like the only time that my whole family cried together. Like we got on, we all got into bed and we just cried. And even my dad was sad. Like he's not a big, he wasn't a big cat person. He wasn't a big dog person. Now he's like a huge dog person, but that connected all of us. Cause that particular cat marmalade. Oh my gosh. A big fluff ball. Look like marmalade. Yeah, that was a hard one to get that call. We all just sobbed. Um, but we got through it, you know. And we don't get these little ones for long, you know. Unfortunately. Um, Dobby. That one was the most beautiful. I know it sounds weird. It was really hard, excruciating, um, because I had gotten him for my 22nd birthday, I want to say, and my Aunt Paulina brought him to me, and he was a nor- <laughs> I can't even think of the word, neurotic, he was a neurotic cat, he was crazy, he would run into walls and stuff, so I was really into Harry Potter, so I called him Dobby. But with an IE, because I always have to have an I so I could put like a heart. <laughs> so, yeah, he was a little crazy when he was young and then he totally mellowed out. So, he was fantastic to watch him grow, you know, from a kitten to an uh, adult. And then, so what was that? So, I was 22 uh, to 30. 38, because it was 2018 I lost him, I think. So what is that? Eight. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of years. <laughs> I felt like I was 15 or 16, but my math, whatever. Um, yeah, he was fantastic. He was the most beautiful tabby cat ever and he went through so much um because we went through so much but that's for another time (laughs) so yeah anyways he um he waited for me I was at work the day that he was meant to pass and he he waited for me I came home and he was not doing good and um I thought we were gonna have to take him into the vet you know and have him put him down but he held on. Like, I don't know, man. He just was trying so hard to hold on. And then I, sometimes I'm like, oh God, should I have taken him in and not made him suffer? But I I don't think he was suffering. I just really don't. I feel like he wanted to be with me. And maybe that's selfish, but I got home and then I picked him up and just held him and then he passed away in my arms. It's pretty cool. It might sound like morbid or what have you, but I think it was really cathartic. It was like he gave me a whole experience from, you know, kittenhood to heaven. (laughs) And I got the whole thing. The thing about him, I don't know if you believe in signs or what have you, but... The very next day, like four o'clock in the morning, you know, I couldn't sleep at all. Um, I think it, actually, I don't think it was the next day. Gosh, I can't remember. I'm going to post some pictures on the Heavy Boots uh, Instagram and it'll, it'll tell you if it was the same day or not because it was crazy. We woke up or I woke up and I thought he was there next to the bed where he used to sleep. Well, and it's not where he used to sleep. It was where he's been because, you know, he wasn't doing well. And so I thought I saw him. And then I'm like, no, he's not here. So I I got up and there was his silhouette on the pillow. And I was like, what the hell? And it was light, you know, coming from somewhere. And so Paul heard me get up because, you know, we were on edge. We were so emotionally drained and sad and so he's like what what and so 
we assessed the situation. <laughs> like we went to the window and we looked to see if the light was coming through and we saw no light. There was no light. And so then I went to the front of the house and the moon was in the front of the house. So there's absolutely no reason or any way there was no light, but there was his silhouette being lit on the pillow. And then a little heart appeared at the bottom. I can't even tell you how freaking moved I was and how settled I felt after that. Like, I felt like he knows, like, he knows we loved him. He's saying thank you for good life, you know? It was the best gift I've ever received, still to this day. Um, and I've received a couple more. I, I didn't want to have to bring this up because... <laughs> Um, my first podcast was The Strays, you know, and um, it's been hard to keep them safe. Um, we've had three litters. We saved, oh gosh, 13 cats. So 13 kittens we saved, okay? So I was trying to look at that positively <laughs> um, and trying to catch my breath before I say the hard bits. But our... Mama, our fearless mama, who was such a good mama, man. She cared for everybody and, you know, she wasn't really nice to us and she was really scared of us or what have you, with good reason. Like, she was strong, but she loved them, you know. she Not when she was pregnant. She kind of slapped everyone around when she was pregnant. She was mad. But <laughs> when she was just mama, with no babies in her belly... And no kittens to take care of. She would run with them and play with them. And and by them, I mean cricket, licorice, and, and uh, banjo. You know, she would play and have fun. And she really loved it here. Um, she really did. But unfortunately, the last litter that she had, there were two black kittens that we could not find could not get and I wish we had done it a day before but that's the way things go um I I don't know for sure we don't I mean there's no way to know anything but I fear that she was trying to protect them the two last little blackies such cute kittens and yeah and there was a noise outside and I went to investigate couldn't figure it out and she didn't come to breakfast the next day. So, rest in peace, Dolly Mama. Um, that was back, oh goodness. I don't rem- I don't know. What is this, October? I believe it was sometime in September. Um, actually, I think it was August. I'm sorry. The end of August. And then, unfortunately, more bad news. This one hurt the worst. I mean, Dolly Mama was amazing, and we wouldn't have anybody without her, but this one that I'm going to say was really sad. Um, In September, and it was like their birthday. Like, I'm so mad. I said, I said, tomorrow's Licorice and Banjo's birthday, because it's like a year since we've been up here, you know? And so we can kind of gauge. They were kittens when we got, when they came here. And they were tiny kittens. So they were going to be a year old, like September 21st or something. And I said, tomorrow's their birthday. And unfortunately, Licorice didn't come to breakfast. And out of everyone, Licorice was like the routine. Like, like Mama, I was like thinking she might come back because she'd gone off before. Like, I'm sick of these kids and dad's trying to, you know... <laughs> I don't know. So she'd go off. But Licorice, like, really wouldn't. Because Licorice was the most sweetest cat. She had something wrong with her back legs. And so we just... I mean, she... she, Between her and Banjo, those two are my favorite. Like, Licorice and Banjo. Because they're the two kittens that we saw to begin with, you know? But Licorice, I just was so excited about that name because she was a black cat. And I was like, that's such a funny name. So we came up with that, Licorice. And uh, and she was so sweet. 
Um, she was really skittish, but she was fierce, you know, so she'd go out. We'd watch her go into the field and I'd always worry about her, but she'd always come back and it was fine. But there's been bobcat sightings. Um, somebody said they saw a mountain lion. So there's stuff, you know, and one wrong step. And so it's, it's awful. Like the stray cat thing is so hard because you don't know what to do for them. You give them food (laughs) and you try and like make them little places for them to sleep and stay and live. Um, but they are going to do their own thing. Like, and they love it. Like, I don't know. There's Percy, who's the dad stray and I can pet him and pick him up now. So I do believe soon we're going to get him fixed and take him, take him in. I think, I think he's going to live in here with Paisley because they have a little love affair going on. Paisley's a kitty I got after Dobby had passed away. And that was another thing I think Dobby did. Um, I hadn't the name Paisley picked out because I love Brad Paisley and, but Paisley is such a pretty name to me. And so I was like, okay, Paisley. Yeah. And so we go to the, we go to the, what do you call it? The shelter. And there was a sickly cat and her name was Paisley. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like that was so weird. And I actually, I hate to admit it, but we passed her by because I was like, she's sick. You know, she was on the street and she's sick, but I came right back and they told us that they'd give us a free voucher to take her to any vet we want to get her, you know, fixed up. And so it just turned out that she'd been living on the street, street cat. And, uh, you know, she just had like a cold or whatever. So we gave her medicine for a few days and she was totally fine. Now she's the fattest cat in all the land. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But she's a happy cat. She's a happy girl. She loves living in the country. She gets the door open, sees the birds, except when mom's doing her podcast. So she's mad at me right now. I can see her face. But so her and Percy, the stray cat, they get along. And so I'm hoping to bring him in because he sometimes is not very nice to Banjo and Cricket, who are the the lone boys left. So we just got three boys, unfortunately. All the all the female energy's gone, which doesn't matter. I'm not like that, but I'm just saying that uh Licorice and Dolly Mama would like kiss the boys and you know and look after them. They, there's a different little uh function they had and that's no longer. But this morning, Cricket and Banjo were cuddled so tight in this little chair area we made them. So it's it's been good. And I just have to have faith because Cricket and Banjo, they love to be outside. Like, I can't go near them. I just, I just think they're going to have to be outdoor cats because they love it so much. And maybe someday we'll have like an outdoor catio or something and we can get them in there and keep them safe because... They're brilliant. <laughs> They're the best. But I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. But I didn't want to tell you guys. But that's that's what has happened. Um, yeah, I had faith and hope, but nature is nature, and so that it's the hardest loss because you can't imagine it was pretty death. Um, and then it's like, what if I would have done this, or what if I, you know. And it's like, oh, you can't. You just can't. And so we saved the two kittens that Mama was protecting. We found them. They were like up in a tractor. And uh, yeah, we were able to get them somewhere where they can get home. So it's all good. But again, with signs, I really believe. I mean, I never did believe in signs. Um, Like someone sending you a message from the beyond. But with uh, Dolly Mama, when she passed away, or, you know, when she didn't come to breakfast for a few days, there was one morning where I went outside and I was just crying. So I was just like, man, like, you know, like our family, our little group has changed and everyone was a little on edge. You know, the cats know and, and who knows what they saw. Like, I don't know. 
So I was just sitting out on a chair and crying. And then the clouds were so pretty. So I ran and got my phone to take pictures of it, you know, like to, I love taking pictures of the clouds, especially. And so, um, sorry for my nose noises. <laughs> it's just cause I was crying, but anyway, so I went and took pictures of the clouds. And as I was taking a picture of the cloud, it turned into a cat. And again, I'll post some pictures on, um, what do I call it? Instagram so that you could see and tell me if I'm just crazy, if I'm just grasping at straws, <laughs> you know, but I really feel like it was a cat's face with the heart. I think paws too. Yeah. It's just really, to me, it was really evident and the clouds were one way and then they turned into that. It was just really, so I felt it was a sign from Dolly telling us she's okay. You know, that she appreciates what we've done and she loves us or whatever. I don't know, but it made me feel better. And then the other thing that was really freaking crazy was I had just heard of, um, what is it called? A Virginia horsefly, a Virginian horsefly or something like that. It looks like a bee, I guess, but what it does is it kind of like, oh, not a horsefly, hoverfly, a Virginia hoverfly. And what happens is they get in front of you and they'll hover. Like they just sit there and like kind of look at you or whatever. And I was like, what? But it was the day before, I think the day before I got super sad about licorice. I had learned about that bug. And then I looked it up because I was like, what? Because the person, oh, I think it was Brad Paisley. That's so funny. Brad Paisley posted about it on his um, uh, Instagram page. And so he was saying, look at this thing. It's so crazy. And so he's like in Tennessee or somewhere. And so I was like, okay, I've never heard of that. So I looked up the bug, you know, and I was like, huh, never heard of that. What the heck? So I researched it and it was like, yeah, you've never heard of it because they don't come to these parts in California. It's not there. They like really wet areas, like marshy areas. And so I was sitting there crying, you know, over licorice. And I swear to goodness, I, I don't have proof, but I swear to goodness, <laughs> like I swear that there was a Virginia hoverfly that just f hovered for 45 seconds to a minute in front of me as I sat there crying. And I was just like, thank you, licorice. Thank you. <laughs> you know, like I just, um, I felt like it was too much of a coincidence to, to not be a sign or some magic. So, but again, I do believe in magic. I just do. <laughs> Cause l life to me would be so boring if I didn't believe in magic. No. So that is lost to me. Like, um, there's so many different little facets of it. And I think you should talk about it. Um, like they say, there's stages of grief or what have you. And that's all good. I don't think you should get too tied up into that. I think you should just feel what you feel as you feel it, as I always say. Um, there's an anger one. And so that one did come for me. Um, most of these times. Yeah. All these times. And I would just watch that one this is the anger part. You can start to blame situations or other people, especially with the human losses. Um, and there's just not, you know, or blame yourself. Like there was a couple people who I knew, uh, one in high school and one recently that, you know, took their life. And that one's really hard because then you start to blame yourself. Like, what could I have done? Well, huh, I didn't make them feel special enough, you know, those kinds of things. And so you just got to really watch those parts of loss, but you got to feel it, man. Like you don't want to also bottle it up and just, you know, cause it'll, it'll come back. And sometimes it, it rares to go when it comes back and you just want to make sure you don't hurt anybody else, you know? So yeah, the anger when I went out, cause the anger for the recent stuff, which is all pets for me, the most recent, um, 
There's been some other recent, but the very, very most recent stuff with these pets, man, because you do get angry at some point. You're just like, why? Like, why do they have to go? What the hell? Like, what? Why did the stupid bobcat or whatever have to find them at that moment? You know, they've made it in every other night and you get angry, you know? And so I went out in the garden and I hoed a row. Is that what you call it? I just took a hoe to the ground and got rid of some shrubs that were needing to get rid of. And it was really therapeutic. So punching bag, you know, weeding in the garden. I don't know. Whatever you got to do, just don't take it out on other people. Because most of the time the other people maybe are feeling sad about something else. Or are feeling sad about the same thing you are. And it's like, we can't beat up on each other. So, yeah. Take that anger out in a healthy way. But have it. So I think that's what I'll leave you with is, in loss, there's all kinds of types of loss. And you're allowed to feel it. One, don't ever tell anyone that you can't feel it. You lose a toothpick, okay? But it meant something to you? That's valid. Period. So, feel whatever you want to feel. Don't let anyone tell you, that doesn't matter, or get rid of this. Oh my God, you're holding on to all this stuff? That's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. And if you want to change it, that's fine. You change it. But no one else can tell you anything. You have to want to do that yourself anyways. Um, yeah. And then when you lose someone or, a, you know, a pet or a person, just feel all the feelings, go through all the things like it's okay. And when you're angry at your cat right now, because you're doing a podcast and she's over there messing with the bag, <laughs> Don't slap her, which I'm not. But I'm also not going to edit that out if you heard it. I'm sorry. I just like to have this be free flowing. <laughs> free flowing. I can't even say the word. So that you feel the real emotions and and nothing's supposed to be perfect, you know. But feel your feelings. Feel the loss in any realm, you know. If you lose something, you didn't get to go somewhere. Like there was people that went to this big concert in Las Vegas this last weekend and they couldn't go into the concert because of the wind. The wind was so high that it was dangerous for the performers and the and the audience. So they canceled the show. And so like, you know, there's such bigger things going on in the world is what some people might say. And yeah, that's valid. But for you, you were looking forward to this and that was a loss. So feel it, you know, and I'm so sorry. Like, I wish you didn't have to feel it. That's what people should be saying to you, not like, oh, well, people are dying, you know, blah, 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 whatever they could say. Um, just know that whatever you feel is valid, period, so... Oh, this was a hard one. I hope you don't mind the sniffles and the tears. Um, it was good to talk it out, though. I feel a little lighter, actually. It's good to get it out. Um, so, I wish you a beautiful day. Hold tight to those who matter. Have fun. Enjoy them. And uh, if they're not here anymore... Try and remember all the amazing things that make you miss them. Because that's that's why we miss them, you know. There's a yin and a yang or whatever. <laughs> the light and the dark. So think of the light as much as possible, but feel your dark when you have to. Don't. You don't have to do anything. Grief is not for anyone else to tell you what to do. And don't focus on those, you know, steps of grief. They're valid and they happen. Like I can tell you all of them came up, but they didn't come up in that order at all. 
So just do you. Thanks for listening. I hope you have an amazing whatever you're having day, evening, morning, afternoon. You are amazing. I love you. Stay you. This podcast was written and recorded by Jenny Camille. The song at the beginning and the end of this podcast is a group called Sounds Like Sander with a song called Undiscovered.